0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health
1: insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, our weekly spin off podcast where Dad and I talk absolute shite just to take your minds off all the true crime stuff, which can be a little bit harrowing. I'm Paul. That's John. And Dad, have you ever been to America before?
3: I regularly say to you, and particularly Anne, yes, I've been to New York. And Anne goes, mm, it doesn't count. And I go, yes, I was 11. How, I how remember long were you, it.
2: How long were you there for? A couple of hours. Doesn't
3: count. It does count. Doesn't we count. got off the ship. We went doesn't to count. Chinatown in New York. That's going to America. I rest Hang my on, Hang on, hang
2: on, hang on, hang on. You went into Chinatown. Correct. It does count. Thank you. I thought it was literally the equivalent of doing like a like a transit lounge stopover because i I was in um we came back from Japan and we had to stop in Hong Kong, which is a very circuitous route, and we were there for about ninety minutes and I said to Tegan, have we technically been to Hong Kong now? And we both kinda went, nah,
3: not really. Um, um it's an interesting point. You technically landed, but you have to go through customs to And I, yeah. Yeah. In, yeah. You're on if you're, you're in transit the, you're kind of you've landed yeah. technically on terra firma. Mm. Uh, But you didn't...
2: You You know those people, Dad, who go to a country for a very short period of time and come back with an accent? Incredible. (sighs) I can hate those people. Anyway, America, Dad. Uh, One of the places I've always wanted to go in America is Maine. And that's where Stephen King sets a lot of his stuff. So, Maine is a very... I mean, it's a a beautiful place, Hmm. right? So, I was looking up Maine because I was curious about going there. And it turns out there's a whole bunch of laws which are still technically in effect in Maine... That aren't, to, do with, to do with witches? Uh, no. Oh, I, I'm not sure. So there's a place called Biddeford in Maine. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. But someone sent me a link, actually, because I was mentioning this on the socials. And they said, look, there's a whole bunch of really weird laws which are still technically in effect. Hmm. So there was uh, the first one. There's a law established during the 17th and 18th centuries um, there was a lot of fighting between the French and the English and the Abenaki, who were the sort of indigenous population of what is now called Maine. And there was a law written that said English settlers had to carry a gun at all times, including during church. And that law hasn't actually been taken away.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah. Now, I don't want to get into gun laws in the States because that's hmm. a fucking gray area. Hmm. But I, I find the fact that, so, I assume that we're not going to be attending any church services in Maine anytime soon. So, that one won't be a problem. Uh, you're not allowed to gamble at the airport. It's against the law to actually gamble in any way at the airport. Do you gamble, Dad? I've never, ever seen you or known you to gamble in any way.
3: Um, look, I did, I've did. i been to a few casinos. Mm. I find casinos horribly depressing. Yes. Um... I was actually... It's spooky, Paul, once again. It must be this simpatico we have where I've got no idea what you're going to talk about. But just last week, I was talking with some friends Mm -hmm. about gambling. And I went to a casino in Sydney with a few friends. First and last time I've ever been to this particular casino. Uh And my good friend Shane, a.k.a. Professor McCoy, he... He did very well that night. And he's one of those rare people that blitzed it, then kept all his money. He didn't sort of reinvest it and lose everything. Uh-huh. But the most poignant and memorable part of that entire evening was when we were heading home. There was a young guy, sort of an executive type in his mid to late 20s. Uh, you know, he seemed to be a pretty good style of a bloke. And yeah. he was. Sitting in some dark alley, crying, mm-hmm. and he'd clearly lost all his money. So, yeah, it's it's not my my scene. I think uh, it's the odds are stacked against you. But sort of not being able to gamble at the airport is weird. Well, you know, sometimes you're waiting
2: for a long flight and you're bored and you out, you play cards or whatever, right? Mm. Oh. I mean, look, you're not going to start up a poker lounge in the airport. I would be curious to see where this law crosses over with online gambling, because a lot Mm -hmm. of people are are using kind of betting apps. And Mm -hmm. Dad, I know you don't follow the AFL, but one of the major problems we have here is that the sport's fantastic, but the major sponsors are all betting companies. It's the same with the rugby and everything. So basically, my concern is that they are basically inducting young people into gambling at a very, very young age, and then there's... Uh, there's all these video games that I play that have things called loot boxes where basically you pay real money to get a loot box which you then open and has a random chance to have cool costumes for your character basically it's using real money to gamble Mm -hmm. and because a lot of kids are on these games um, and a lot of adults you are ostensibly gambling so I'm curious as to whether those new forms of gambling are illegal at the airport or whether they're just talking about you know you running a craps table in the corner
3: Mm. look Paul I've I'm not sort of that au fait with sport per se in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never wanted to come across as being anti or pro sport uh, for lots of reasons, because sport's a very emotive topic. But I am aware that um, a certain big casino have been trying to get into the AFL. And I thought I was... I did read recently that the AFL in in Victoria were sort of, as a group, they were opposed to, you know, taking money from gambling. I it, uh, Was I wrong?
2: Look, the problem is they have massive billboards, uh, electronic billboards, all the way around the sort of, um like the ground, mm. you know, the kind of, basically the barricade uh, mm. lining, at the edge of the auditorium or whatever. Mm. Mm. And sometimes if they're digital, they have readouts for uh, sports betting companies or booze or whatever. But... It's a bit of a gray area. There's a lot of really weird stuff because obviously it brings in a lot of money. Mm. I'm not sure how many listeners actually follow the football or any major sport and sort of have a problem with the commodification of a thing that is essentially meant to be a very pure experience. It's not, you know, but it's money complicates everything basically.
1: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: Mm. Well um, they've got... In, in relation to advertising on the field, one thing I do know that's very very clever is that if you're watching a tv and you're following the the game Mm -hmm. the ads on the side of the of the field that are electronic of which basically they're all electronic are you aware that as the camera's moving with the ball like chasing the game Mm. the ads are moving in the background because it the ads are sort of synced in with the cameras that are filming the action isn't that that's unbelievably clever And and another clever thing they do with advertising on the fields, have you ever noticed how if you have a shot from basically any angle from above, it takes into consideration sort of um, depth of field? So you get these weird signs that look good from certain angles, but I'm sure that if you're in the crowd, it just looks like sort of a blotch of colour on the grass. Does that make sense?
2: it does yes Yeah. so
3: that's co- kind of clever but it's an age old problem firstly we are in a society where people are supposed to be and I know this is just just look it's, it's a very very difficult topic to go mm-hmm. down but you know should people be responsible for their own actions and I guess that's the argument that um, you know that gambling companies use and 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 like alcohol, like lots and lots of things, like driving a car, for example, in terms of speed, um, you know, most oh, people. You,
2: you mean the argument of look, it's up to them. We're not yes. making them do anything. Yeah, yeah.
3: It's sort of they say responsible gambling, um, and I think look, it's oh, look, it's such a tough one, and as you say, Paul, there's so much. Money it's incredible because we all know that you know these casinos, these operations they you know they make a lot of money and um, and they like to sort of be with with, with this sort of incredible attention, huge numbers <clears throat> not only have they got the crowds they've got the the, the coverage in, in right into people's lounge rooms um, I would be of the opinion that it's definitely becoming more pervasive. Uh it's it's a slippery slope, isn't it? And the problem of course with these sorts of things is that they're very difficult. Like like civil liberty, like liberty that we have as as people in this society, once you lose these sort of these privileges and benefits, they are very difficult to get back. Mm. Uh it's like The government says, you know, we're going to increase surveillance. And I was just, I was lying in bed this morning thinking how very rarely I use cash. Do you ever use cash? Occasionally. Dad, you're actually, you
2: mentioned something there about rights being taken away. I just found a weird law from uh, Victoria. It's in Section 4 in the Summary Offences Act from 1966 and is technically still an actual enforceable law. Can you let me Mm. know what you think of this one? Yep. It's an okay. It is an offence to fly a kite to the annoyance of any person in the state. Now, that's pretty broad. Hmm. Some people might just find kites annoying, just because they don't like kite flying. You know, like that mm-hmm. angry guy from Mary Poppins. You ever you you are you a kite flyer? I remember, Did you ever try I love, and get? I, I yeah? love
3: kites. My brother right. and I used to regularly fly kites. Uh, in fact, I love kites.
2: Okay so you would have been probably busted if you were growing up in Victoria
3: in the 60s. But you have to annoy someone. Can I say that if you have a kite which has got two strings, yeah, yeah. you can control it. You can uh-huh. put it into a massive dive, right? And then at the last second as it's about to hit the earth, you you, you reef on the other cord and it does a 180 and it up it goes again. But, yeah, but can you but no what, no but what, what, but Paul, on. imagine if there's a family having a picnic. Ah. And, and you're dive-bombing them, like a man-bird. Yeah, and you
2: dive-bomb at such an angle that you manage to flip a sandwich out of someone's hands. At that point, they can call the cops, and you
3: get fined. Hmm. But what, what happened in um, Iran? They banned kite flying. They banned it because it was fun.
2: Right. Which is a whole so other thing. But we've, got, we've gone from young John flying a kite and annoying people at a picnic to the Iranian regime. <laughs> oh That's a pretty quick... I'm uh, like, great... <laughs>
3: <laughs> congratulate you yeah
2: yeah um hey I, sorry I have another weird law if you like
3: okay I love weird laws
2: alright so hang on a sec
3: right I, I might just say in relation to laws Paul that most of the crimes act yeah that we operate mm. in the system of law we have in Australia yeah a lot of those laws mm-hmm. have been round for hundreds and hundreds of years. And the Crimes Act that we mm. use here in New South Wales, a lot of it was all signed off by Queen Victoria, and it hasn't changed.
2: And this one has been around since forty six, which is not hundreds and hundreds of years, Dad, but mm. this is from Section 22 of a 1946 Act in WA. It is a... You will be fined $2,000, Dad, That's if you are caught... Yeah, if you're caught with more than 50 kilograms of potatoes in Western Australia.
3: That's a fair call for Western and Australia. And second,
2: the second time, 5K.
3: Yep. I'm, I'm with them. Why? I, I, because that's a lot of potatoes.
2: Yeah, but that, I mean, look, the point is you have to be a like an authorized... Okay, so there's a corporation called the Potato Corporation, which they sound very evil and weird. But basically, unless you're an authorized retailer or grower um, and have been recognized by the Potato Corporation... You get fined if you're carrying more than 50 kilograms Paul, of potatoes.
3: Paul, Paul, mate, that's yeah. totally legit. Yeah, but who's enforcing with, this shit? Paul, Paul, I'm with the potato corporation on this.
2: Oh, you sell out.
3: No, I'm serious because, uh, okay, let's let's just transfer potatoes to abalone. Okay? Yeah. You have to have a license to, to die for abalone.
2: Yeah, but you don't have to die for potatoes. You can grow well, them on, your, on... Dad, if you have a property and you're growing potatoes and you have a big, like a... Boom like a big crop that year by accident, and you're driving them around to give them to a a homeless shelter slash orphanage, and someone catches you from big potato
3: you're fucked <clears throat> Well, what I would do in that case is that I would actually have a a vehicle that was that looked like a potato uh-huh, and I'd just drive around in that and I'd hand out free potatoes sure uh, and that's why then, I, that,
2: right, and they would call you. Mr. Potato Head.
3: I, I think the problem we have here, Paul... I mean, you, you can't... People can have eggs, can't they? They can have chickens. Okay? So stupid.
2: <laughs> what? This whole thing's really stupid. Talk about... Well, okay, go on. It's chickens, It's a part yes. of loose ends. People on, yeah.
3: People really, they, they delight in loose ends. Ephemera, yeah. Okay? Chickens. So, I remember my dad had chickens. And mm. every morning I'd listen to those poor little chickens squeezing those fucking eggs out of their cloacas... And it became I became so traumatized, listening to the agony these chickens were in, popping out these fucking eggs, that I could not eat eggs for some time. Did you know yeah, that?
2: You've got a weird egg hang-up anyway. They need to be cremated for you to enjoy them. True, true.
3: Now, before we go, Paul... Oh, hang on. i got another law. Oh, okay, great.
2: That in New South Wales, there is a law which I think you might actually really like. Mm. So... Listeners, have you ever been standing on the side of the road, you know, walking along the footpath, during a, either a wet period or before or after a storm, and a car comes by mm. and hits a puddle and sprays you with muddy water?
3: Mate, that's an offence.
2: No, it actually is. They can no. be fined $2,200. Yeah.
3: yeah. I didn't know this. That's, it's a fact. Who's going to
2: enforce... Okay, if you were a police officer and you saw that, you could enforce that,
3: right? Well, imagine if you see... And I'm going to be sort of somewhat... I'm going... For the low, the low hanging fruit here. But imagine uh-huh. if you see a pregnant woman, clearly pregnant, say eight or nine months pregnant, she's struggling, she's pushing a pram with triplets in it, okay, uh-huh. and all of a sudden a, a big four wheel drive swerves on purpose, hits this incredible because they know that what's going to happen. It's clear everyone knows what's going to happen, and it creates a bow wave, and she's completely saturated. The three little kids inside, they're just screaming, and you're a police officer, and you witness that. I would pull that car over, yes, and say, "Mate, that's that's not cool." And I'd make yes. him come back, apologise, and then I'd. Well, you'd have to take various things into consideration, but I, I think it's not cool, and I always feel very, very sorry. And I've never intentionally wet someone, but it's it is tempting sometimes.
2: Another more um, Dad. This one's one that I think you can get behind as well, because you're a big. Um, people know your feelings on. Noise from neighbours. Mm. obviously you're yep. a, you're a, you're a big time letter dropper. One of those angry handwritten. I love notes. writing letters. People have actually found a few from neighbours of theirs lying around the neighbourhood and posted them on the Facebook page because they've assumed that you're on some sort of national spree, but you're mm. not. No. I'm going to read this. Uh, this is from the website I'm reading. Uh, if okay, it is an offence to make unreasonable noise with a vacuum cleaner after 10 p.m. or before 7 a.m. on weekdays and 9 a.m. on weekends. Police can pay you a visit and request you to stop making the noise for 72 hours a breach wow can result (laughs) in a fine of up to 18,655 dollars and 20 cents with an extra fine of up to 4,663 dollars and 80 cents per day for continuing noise violations now if you feel like enforcing this shit it's in section 48a of the environment protection act 1970 in victoria And Regulation 6, Environment Protection, Residential Noise, Regulations 2008, Victoria, right? So, these are very active, very Mm. current laws. Yep. And it's specifically for vacuum cleaners. So, if you have a neighbor upstairs who is vacuuming after 10 p.m. on a weekday, cha-ching! That is so much money. Paul,
3: I vacuum twice a day. What times? Um, Careful. It's a spontaneous uh, Uh
2: Uh-oh. Well, you're in... This is Victoria, Dad, where we actually respect the law, but we're... we're,
3: Oh, hang on, you're on the
2: bottom bottom floor, so... I love vacuuming. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is you are on the bottom floor, you're above a um, car park, so no one below you is going to be inconvenienced.
3: No, although we do have this woman that comes in with her massive, high-volume, thumping music at all times. Sure. Uh... And that comes up through our place. But look. Enough
2: of weird laws. It's been another strange episode of Loose Ends, everybody. So if you're doing well and you enjoyed the show, feel free to head across to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your shows and leave us a rating and a review. We'd love a bit of support. It's always great when you get behind us and let people know how much you enjoy the show. Thank you for supporting us these many years. We're going to keep going for many years still. We'll be back on Tuesday morning with a brand new episode of Loose Units, The Shadow Files. In the meantime, have a great weekend, everyone. And we will see you very soon for more Loose Units. Bye-bye.
3: Cheerio.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.